It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Jay Crawford. Adam the Bull. Garrett Bush. And so many big names... It would take me hours to say all of their names. The ultimate Cleveland sports show. Booyah! Hey, everybody. Here we are. Hope you enjoyed the nice weekend. It was Father's Day. It was Juneteenth yesterday. And uh, so I hope everybody enjoyed the, uh, not everybody had a three-day weekend. Here's but what I got did, for Father's Day. What'd you get? Honey. Honey do oh, you do. have anything to say before? I think I crinkled the shirt a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Do you have anything to say before football season hey, starts? Hey, that's such a, that's such a, that, actually, Your wife got you that? Uh, wife and kids, yeah. Okay. That, that's a fact. Um, when football season starts, you just be like, man, don't. That's it, I'm Don't expect in. no conversations. Yep. Like. For, it used to be NBA season for me. It's like, you got anything to say, you got anything to do, let's get it in before October. Because from October to June, I am unavailable. Yeah, just yeah. mentally, physically, and emotionally. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Don't be telling me about how your day went. No one cares. <laughs> did you Did you do anything exciting for Father's Day? Yeah, we went to the pool, had uh, my mom and my in-laws over. Low-key day. We, uh, we kept yeah. it real chill. It was All nice. Right. Anybody else? We got nobody else. Oh, Earl's a dad. He back there. Is Earl back there, or he goes wherever he goes? Earl's here. Earl's here. Earl, did you do anything exciting for Father's Day? Uh, spent some time with my cousin. Shout out to my cousin Terry, who got married, had his wedding reception Saturday. Uh, spent some time with my children. It was it was a great time. By the way, secretly, I hope you know. I got to call Earl out because you know he's he's playing all nice guy right now, but. Terry, no offense, but uh, Earl said he's predicting your divorce within a year. That's what he said to me before the show. <laughs> what is he? What is he? G Bush or something? <laughs> Here's another thing, bull. Yeah, I'm officiating my first wedding in September. Oh, oh. did you get the uh, accreditation already? I'm doing it now. It's very easy. I got that. And all right, well, if you need any tips, let me know. I am a professional. I don't know how I feel. Professional about preacher. That. I don't know how I feel I don't know about, how that I feel about that either. I'm not. I'm not renewing my values. Let values me tell you something. No. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna. Uh, this is unusual for me, but I'm gonna get very cocky right here. Oh, <laughs> very unusual for me. Yeah, really, Jason. Yeah. <laughs> Those who attended the wedding of Jonathan and Elise Peterson, I had half the wedding. I would say came up to me and said that was the best officiating wedding, best wedding I've ever been to in my life. Because you was remixing up I there. I killed it. You you cursed three times. No, I didn't. <laughs> you, I didn't curse. You called you called the bridesmaids all losers for not being in shape. <laughs> And that would that would have all been funny, but no, I did, and I and I didn't curse. Cursing is my thing, but I did not curse. I don't think I cursed at all. Did you wear a suit? Uh, yeah. I think yeah I wore you, a had tux, a, you had a you had a tux one. Tux. Wow. I can't remember if I had a tux or just a regular suit, but I yeah, I was dressed up appropriately for a wedding. I feel like for I mean, no offense, for yeah. marriage it should be like. Someone with some credibility like, like I standing need, up there. I need, I, I let need. me tell you something. I have more credibility than most religious leaders. I'll tell you that. No <laughs> you doubt about it. At least I, I keep mean. it real and I'm honest well, about you, things. Well, you, what does this mean? You're clergy. If you can marry I somebody. I am technically clergy. Yes, I'm a, uh, a reverend. 
The reverend of the what? I am a reverend from the, the Universal Church of Life, or something like that. Is. And yeah. we want we want to bring in the. Mount. I've been accredited by the state of the great state of Ohio. Mount Olive Proof Community Baptist Church, Second Episcopalian. And by Olive the way, if you want me to marry you, I'm in. A lot of money though. I spent a lot of time preparing for Jonathan's wedding. Well, he was a friend. Like, he was a, a friend, so friend. I did it for free. Yeah. And I, because I love him and I yeah. love his wife. Yeah. But, uh, and I had a great time and oh, I'm glad you, it was really special you, you, for them. You did that for free, bro? Of course. He's a good friend. He, I, had, he had a budget. What are you talking about? I would never even consider taking money. But, uh, I, but I did spend a ton. I, I spent a lot of time preparing for that wedding. Did he have alcohol there? Yeah. But did I you don't drink. drink? No. Did you get a special meal of any sort? Just I mean, whatever. I, I got the same food everybody else got. It was delicious. You know what? He, what Jonathan should have did, and I'll tell him when I see him. Yeah. He should have put you on the groomsmen's list with the gift. I uh, he did. He did give me a gift. There you go. Well, he that's that. Gift. That's the way to work he it out. He gave me actually a really nice gift. It was like baseball related. It was pretty cool. I was losing my faith yeah. in white people for a second. <laughs> I was losing my faith. Oh, like, don't ever do that, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> Young cats, it'd be certain etiquette. It'd be, oh my it'd be God. certain things like, listen, like people don't understand. Let you be in, a, let, let you be in a bar, and you going around, and somebody buy around, and then you be, they be looking around like, listen, it is an unwritten rule. You know what it is. Don't be getting lost. Don't be running outside to the bathroom. It's your that turn. next round is yeah. on your pocketbook. You might as <laughs> yeah. well get that credit card out right now. And don't be getting. It's equal or lesser value. Do not be out here if you got a shot. You have a shot coming Trading up. Trading a shot for a Michelob Ultra. <laughs> Speaking of no. appropriate etiquette, what do you do no. when you go to a restaurant and you're picking up food to go? Do you tip? Do I, you tip less? Tipping is out of control in this country. It it's is. friggin' nuts. I, 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 all depends on how I I'm had feeling. this conversation yesterday. If oh. I had to go pick it up and I had to walk in and I had to get it out of the car, then I had to swipe my stuff and possibly stand in line because other people's in front of me, no, I'm not giving you a tip. You I really give a do tip nothing. because I feel like if I don't, they're going to say, well, Adam the Bull came in here and he didn't tip. I don't care about that. I don't I, care. I care about it. I think it's ridiculous. Now, with a waiter or waitress, those people are, you know, making slave wages, basically. They get paid nothing. Yeah. And, and every time I, by the way, I went into a restaurant this for, for Father's Day and the service was terrible. I'm not going to say what restaurant was. The service was terrible. And somebody said, well, you know, they're understaffed. Well, but I'm never. Go I'm going to assume that if you're understaffed at a restaurant, it's because you pay like shit. You know what? Pay the waiters and waitresses a real salary, and they'll they'll come work for and you. And then the food prices will double. Like it's it's just a catch twenty two. Like you're going to ah, pay for whatever. It. That's you're gonna bullshit. Pay you're either going to pay for it on the menu or in the tip. One or the other. You're going to. I pay give for good it. with a waiter waitress. I give good. Yeah, tips I do too. The, I'm know. a good tipper. Yeah, I'm a really good tipper. But, but, but when I go to pick it up, I feel like that's I shouldn't have I, to I tip, agree. but I do. I mean, we were. I took AJ to Columbus last week. Yeah. And we went to like a graders and there was a, like, she wanted to make sure that I saw that there was a place to tip. I'm I like, know. you scooped one scoop of ice cream and put it in a cone. I know. <laughs> you did your job. I know. Whenever I go to Mitchell's, tip. I give a tip. I don't, hey. I, no, I'm done. Hey. I'm done with it. I'm done. <laughs> no, I'm actually with Jason. And now Mitchell's or an ice cream place may be a little different because there's actually an act of the person doing something. They did they their job. Me. But like at convenience stores, I went and I bought like snacks, like a bag of chips and salsa the day at the convenience store no, paid on the square. And I was like, do you want to leave a tip? A tip for what? The, the cashier literally, and this is not a yeah, not no. the They did literally nothing. Yeah. I got the chips. I got the salsa. Yeah. I paid. I tapped. 
No, you want a fifteen percent tip I, that, for even, what? I'm not going that far. I don't tip. Now I, I don't know if Earl feel this way, but yeah. here here's the thing. So like, this may seem crazy, but I'm gonna give you a perspective. Okay. Sometimes I feel like I go to a restaurant and I take inventory and be looking around. I'm like, man, I'm the only black person here. You be like, this is a decent restaurant, right? So I always automatically come in with this stigma being like, I got a tip for my whole culture. Like, I, like, I don't the racist, yeah, like, like the I want racist. The whole, on I, it's on my tip. So that, that might be the last and first time I ever seen a black person in that spot. <laughs> and I don't want them saying, man, I ran across this dude. He didn't tip. So I'd be tipping for all the people that feel like it's okay to that's just leave pressure. your change. That's a lot of pressure right there. Don't don't leave your change on the table and think that's a tip. I'd be over tipping people like, bro. Yeah. The, so the so bill was only twelve bucks. You feel the same way, Earl? I say that that's that's part of it because really you yeah. don't know who you run across. Let's just be honest. There are some people who are racist. Some people are not, and you don't want to do anything that's going to fit that right. that stereotype or or, or that nah. status quo of you. But a few things for me when it comes to tips: if a waiter or a waitress walks up and they introduce themselves and they tell me their name, okay, now I'm gonna over tip you. If yeah. you if you are tentative to me without me having to call you over to my table, yeah, then yeah I'm gonna make sure I tip you. But I'm, I'm the same way. Like I, I just gotta it's, make sure I'm handling my business. Right? Yeah. I'm, yeah. I just I it's one of them things. Like, hey, let me know if you feel that way. I'm just saying. It just made yeah. me. I'd be like, yo, I, I have to over tip. Do you ever do the roundup like at Dick's roundup for our playground? Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep. I think it's a scam. I, I don't get do stuck. Every time I go to Taco Bell, they're like roundup for the school kids. Nope. <laughs> I always say no. yes. I'm gonna say no. I'm, I'm like, a, oh, no. Okay. Every everybody. Damn, it's Rocky River. The kids have plenty of money. <laughs> right? Little bastards. No, I say no. I real quick. Our dude, yeah. funny, I gotta tell you this. It's real funny. Yeah. Uh, I we where were we? We were not home. Yeah. And a salesman, door to door salesman, came to the door. People still do that. Huh? Yeah. And he was trying to. And my oldest was home. And yeah. he was trying to sell. He was dogging my ring camera. And he was yeah. trying oh, to sell Oh, they something. came to your spot too? Yeah. They came to my spot. So, so Go ahead, came. tell the story. So I'm watching on the ring camera while he's dogging the ring camera and saying, this is nice, but it can't do this or it can't do that. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And I, I like hit the microphone. I forget. I think we were at dinner. I and I said, hey, our ring is just fine. And I tell that off. Yeah, well, basically, yeah. and my old like my my wife's like, oh, you have just no tact whatsoever. You are just mean to everyone. Facts. I'm like, but obviously look at our like this. This kid is not buying this house that we're living in. He has no control. To <laughs> yeah, make I know, any that's sort pretty stupid. Why are you trying to sell him? He's 21. The dude, what are you trying to sell him? It's so crazy. I basically told him to F off and yeah. get off my nice. get off my porch. That's crazy, Jason, because he came in and was disrespecting his ring. And I'm just like, while I'm watching on the ring, I'm just in there. He's like, yeah, your ring is cool. But we let me, let me show you these packages and I can get you together on this ADT. You don't got the new. I said, bro, do you understand that I might be one of the only 
black people that's going to pay for $30 a month for this ring. You're going to tell me I'm going to upgrade me to $79.99. Uh, no, listen. No, I'm not. You lucky. This, matter of fact, in the three weeks, this is about to be off. <laughs> yeah, right. A couple weeks, that ring going to be out of here. <laughs> All right, guys. We've been having some fun. Lots. We're going to continue to have some fun, but we're going to switch it up, talk some sports. Later, we've got a few different ba interesting basketball topics to get to, including potential trades involving Jared Allen. And Mike has created a, a new game. I don't know if it's a game or just a, a something where he's going to rank based on Bill Simmons list of Bill Simmons does the list where he ranks all the NBA players in terms of their trade value, not who's the best player, but it's one through whatever in terms of who's got the most trade value and so forth. Mike's going to do a version for Cleveland athletes for Cavs, Guardians and Browns all in one list. Who would get the biggest return in a trade of any of the Cleveland players. I think it's debate. I don't know if there's even a clear number one. Maybe there is. Maybe you guys think there is. We'll see if Mike thinks there is. That's coming up a little bit later. But we begin with the Guardians, Mike. We do. And two significant breakthroughs this weekend in terms of the Guardians. We're going to split oh, these. I was sending it to you because I thought you had a read. But, did a, you know. Uh, yeah, you know what? That's a yeah. great point, Bull. And we <laughs> do have a read today. And our first read is colleague. Nope, not colleague. Yeah, screw Reeds. You know what? Screw All it. All right, let's pass we'll do Reeds later. You we threw me off my game. Two big breakthroughs. Sorry. Let's start with Bo Naylor. We're talking with Kenzie next. But Bo Naylor did make his debut this yeah. weekend for the Guardians. He's still yet to get a hit, but the bats did wake up. Yeah, I think he's got about 14, 15 at-bats going back to last year. He did get on base with a walk. Uh, he got caught. First of all, it was an it was odd. It was, it was not a great weekend for the Guardians. It's not been a great week after they'd been playing better. They lost 4-6 on the road trip out west, lost 2-3 at San Diego, salvaged the final game, lost 2-3 to Arizona, salvaged the final game on Sunday before yesterday off, and now they come home to play, as we all know, a terrible Oakland team who had their nice week where they had a winning streak, and now yeah. they're back to losing again. Uh, a couple of things that, that was odd from this weekend. They, DF, they finally DFA Mike Zanino, which we've been talking about, I've been screaming about for a couple of weeks. But they didn't have... Bo Naylor ready to be in the big leagues. Like, that is very confusing. I don't understand why you – obviously, it wasn't a big deal, but why would you ever play a man down? Uh, they had to know that uh, – Did unless something happened with Zanino just out of the blue and they weren't going to do it and they just in the last minute were like, we got to get rid of them. That seems unusual, though. I don't understand why they didn't have Bo Naylor ready to go. Yeah, I don't know. I thought they needed the extra roster spot for the spot start for two games, but I guess that wasn't necessarily the no, case. No, they went without a, uh, a 26th man for one day. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Bo Naylor, I said a hundred times, he's not going to save the season. Should this have been done a month ago? Yeah, yeah, probably. But I don't know that Bo Naylor's the difference in winning and losing this division. No. But it is nice to get him up here at least, give him a chance, see what he's got. We saw Zanino. We saw there was nothing there. Yeah. They were as patient as they could with him. It hurts an organization like this to flush six million. That's a that's a hit, but right now it's sort of baked into the cake, and there's yeah, nothing you can do, do about it. Yeah. So let's let's more, see what he can do. More shocking on June twentieth. These are both shocking things that don't often happen in baseball, that are both happening today on June twentieth, or at this point, that the American League Central leader, the Minnesota Twins, are under five hundred. That's unbelievable. Or. That Luis Arise of the Miami Marlins is hitting 400. That's got to be the that's most. That's crazy. That, that comes around once and, and forever. And he's had. He Both had, those things. Are, I mean, I don't know. When's the last time a first place team was under 500 this he's, late in the he's season? He's had like four or five hit games or something like yep. that in one month. 
It's, I don't know if it's one month, but the, the, well, I heard a stat that said yeah. that he basically, if he does it again, he'll have the record for most five hit games. He'd be tied entire, with like three other guys. Yeah. Like I think it's like Ichiro and Ted Williams or whatever. That's I think crazy. what's most incredible about what Arise is doing is the fact that he just changed leagues. These are all new pitchers. Yeah. And so many times we talk about it when a guy changes leagues, there's an adjustment period. And, you know, that first year, a lot of times their numbers dip a little bit because they got to figure out all new pitching. Right. He has not missed it. I'm beat. rooting for him. I mean, they're, the last batter to hit over 380 was Larry Walker, I think, in 99 or 2000, 2001. Bo- uh, then Gwynn was the last guy to hit over 390. Tony Gwynn, I think, finished three hits shy of hitting 400, maybe four hits, something like that, maybe even less than that. Um, but anyway, it's very rare. But in terms of – I mean, the American League Central – I was trying to find a stat. It's, it was I, I couldn't find it through Google. Maybe I didn't put the right things in there. Of a team at the All Star break being in first place under five hundred. Well, we not we that we're at the All Star break yet, but we're not that far away. Yeah, and yeah. I bet it hasn't happened often. Now it's different now because you have the divisions are smaller than they used to be. You know, so it, it would have had to have happened in the last like twenty, 20 years. years but yeah, I don't remember. Even this late in the season, I don't remember the first place pe- team being under 500. Yeah, we've got research people. I could, I could get. Yeah, I'd love to that. know because I can't. I, I would guess it's never happened before. Maybe, you know, this late. This division's hideous. But I look at the Guardians guys, and you look at the next couple of weeks before we get back to Bo Naylor, their schedule's very favorable. Oakland, Milwaukee, then they're out on the road. The Cubs, right? Yeah, I mean the Cubs are playing. Oh, you know, Kansas City. I thought it was Chicago. They have maybe I got that wrong. They have. I think they have 19 games left before the break. I think it's 19. Wow, and that that, that kind of crept up. And 10 of the 19 are against Kansas City and Oakland. They have two series with Kansas City, one with Oakland, Milwaukee, who's okay, yeah. the Cubs, who are eh, yeah. And then the Braves were good. Yeah. But that's it. You're playing two, you know, Brewers and the, and the Cubs are the same level as the Guardians. The, the Royals and the A's are the two worst teams in baseball. You're playing them 10 of them next 19 games. They need the Guardians who are, I think, what, uh, four under or five under? I can't remember now. They're five under, 33 and 38. So in these last 19 games, to be over 500, you'd have to go, what, uh, if they go 13 and six, they'd be over? They need to, they need to have the, this. Well, should, they, they need to go 13 and six, and that's not too much to ask with the, who they're playing. That should be gravy. That, that 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 should be gravy. If you playing the A's, you playing the Royals. They got to win eight of those you, ten games. You got to yeah, you got to beat up on those teams because yeah. I'm a, I look at it like this. This is going to tell me whether or not they're they're actually going to be. I still think they're pretenders a little bit, but this has showed me whether or not they're really really pretenders because if you can't stretch games together against these bad teams. That just shows me that you are way below the other top teams, especially in the, in the, uh, in the East. So for me, I'm look. You got to take eight out of ten out, of, especially with those two guys. And that's what baseball is about. You may not be up to the to the upper echelon, and you may not be able to compete head to head in a lot of those games. But the series that you play in lesser opponents, you got to beat them, and then you can yeah. at least buffer some of that. Jason, I look at uh, the American League as a whole, and I don't see one team that can't be beat. And as, as much as I think the Guardians right now are well below Texas and Houston and and Boston and Baltimore and, and, and most of the American League, like the best teams in the American League right now are, have been Texas, Tampa, and Baltimore. Yeah. And none of those rosters are like look like amazing rosters. I mean, they're, they're all playing well. I give them their credit. But... Tampa Bay's lost half their pitching staff. They're doing it with mirrors to some degree. They'll find more. 
They'll find more. There's witchcraft but like, going on. It's not Book. like any of those teams are some unbeatable team. Like the Astros last year in the playoff felt like an unbeatable team. Yeah. They're, and I, you know, and they turned out to be unbeatable. There's not a team like that this year. And as unlikely as it seems, if the Guardians do improve their roster and play up to their capabilities, I don't think it's impossible for them to make a run in the playoffs as much as I don't think they're very good right now. Because I don't think the top – would I pick them to win a series against Tampa? No. Or ball? No, I wouldn't. But I don't think it's impossible well, if they improve the roster to beat those what, teams. What is their capabilities? Like, what do you mean? Like, I don't I don't see them as a really high-ceiling team. Guardians? Yeah. I mean, listen. McKin- oh, when I said play up to their capabilities? Yeah, yeah. Mc- I mean, if, if, say do for- I think they have a high ceiling? No, but it's higher than it is – than they've played at. They would have to – they would have to say the Orioles or the Red Sox or the Rays, they would have to have a bad series. And the Guardians would have to play their Sure, but that happens. I mean, that happens, right? Like It happens all the time. And Tampa yeah. feels like they're in a class above everybody else as far as I'm concerned. And, and it's not a lot of household names, certainly. But just the way that entire organization is structured, they get the absolute most out of it. They're almost like the Miami Heat of baseball. It feels it's like. It's a good comparison. And they just. It's like, how are they doing they this? You just, look at the roster. You're not that impressed? They squeeze everything that they can get out of these guys. And they lose a guy and you think, okay, that's it. And then two more come up. And I, I just, to me, that's the class of the, of the, now that doesn't mean they're not, they're not unbeatable. But I, I certainly would think the Guardians yeah. would have a hard time going now, head to head with them. The, the Tristan McKenzie issue. Uh, if he's yeah. out for the year. If, I, so, uh, Hoynesy apparently said. What did Hoynes say exactly? I don't want to misquote, Mike. Do you have the exactly what he said in let that me, article? Let me find it, but I had saw a tweet this weekend that McKenzie, if anyone didn't see, got sent back to the I.L. with elbow soreness. Which is never t- good. Which Ever. is never good, and a lot yeah. of times that leads to Tommy John surgery. And I, I'll find the exact tweet, but um, as I was scrolling through Twitter, Paul Hoynes, oh, he's with Cleveland.com. He's right going to be out a while regardless. I mean, this, if, is not a, this is not a 10-day thing. You wonder if it changes their plan in terms of trade – I don't think it can, I don't think it can. I'm actually going to write about that. I think this week. right, but let's face it: if they don't have Bieber or McKenzie the rest of the year, they can't win anything. Well, they don't got McKenzie; he can't win. I think they may shut him down even if he don't have surgery. Well, I guess it depends what the injury is. I mean, he's going to be out for a while, but I mean, it doesn't look promising right now. But this this is an organization they try to win every year. They compete every year. They try to win every yeah. year, but they are so dependent on the lifeblood of the farm system and keeping things going and keeping things going. I don't think they can risk not trading Bieber, especially if he is the number one piece on the market right now, yeah. which all indications are they are. Although I have to think the White Sox are going to pull the flag at some point and make Giolito available. But still, that's only two. The reality is that Marcus Stroman of the Cubs has pitched better than both of those guys. Are they going to make him available? They should. Are they going to? I don't know. So – all the indications right now are that Bieber is going to be probably the best pitcher on the market. If that's the case, I think you have to sell because there are enough red flags around Shane and we've talked about the velocity before and there's no room for error with him and he's not the same pitcher that he was. Other teams know that, so that drops his value. What increases his value is the fact that he's he's still the best available. And there's a lot of scarcity of starting pitching. A A lot, you look at these contending teams like Maybe not Tampa because they don't make that kind of trade. But, but you look at Baltimore, like they could use a Shane Bieber. You look at Texas, they could use a Shane Bieber. Yeah. I mean, of course, you want to try and get him to the National League. Okay. Ideally. I mean, could the Dodgers trade for him? Sure. Oh, sure. The Do- Dodgers, 
they've had a shaky pitching staff with a lot of injuries this year. Do you guys think Arizona? I mean, Arizona's a surprise, really yeah. good team. Yeah. Could uh, could Cincinnati? Let's. I mean, maybe get crazy here. Cincinnati's like a game out of first right now. Are the, do the Guardians have the wherewithal? Like, say for instance, like you said something, and you just sparked my yeah. imagination. He says, you know, they try to compete every year. Do they have the wherewithal? Do you think to say, look, man. Got off to a slow start. McKenzie's hurt. That's a huge part of what we're trying to do. The bats got it. Zanino, then six million went down the drain. Maybe it's the same in our year this year. Well, I mean, maybe the same us. That's probably year. true. The but the problem is, I mean, if you look at it as a problem, the fact that division is that's so exactly bad it. makes it complicated. Exactly right, it. right. If they were in any other division, there'd be no. We'd just be talking about who they're trading yes. and what they can get. Yes. But either way, to me. When they trade Bieber, because I agree with you, I think even with McKenzie's injury, they're probably going to trade Bieber. And by the way, they could still win this crappy division without McKenzie and Bieber. Mm -hmm. That's how bad this division is. We've yet to see Gavin Williams. Right, which he'll be up at some point yes. this year. Right? Uh, for the most part, Bybee's pitched real well. Yeah. Allen's been pretty good. Yeah. You know, Savali's been decent since coming off the injured list. Uh, you know, the bullpen overall has been better lately. The... the the reality is, though, they still got to trade Beaver for proven players. At least, at least guys who are ready to play in the majors. I mean, this laundry list of of all these prospects. I, you talk about it being their lifeblood, and that's true. But it's too much at this point. Well, like, and, and there's a way to do both. Yeah. Like the Bauer deal, they did both. You know, they they got and Clevenger also. Clevin, uh, what did they, Clevenger felt like more prospect? Oh, I guess they got Naylor. Naylor came up right. And, but in the Bauer deal, they got Franmil and they got Puig. So they right. got two bats to plug into the lineup right. immediately. And I feel like I don't remember now off the top of my head. Oh, I feel I like they got to head I forgot. I can't remember now the exact. It was deal. Cincinnati, San Diego, and Cleveland. Wow. I don't remember all the particulars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's a way to do both where you can get help for now and something for later. Right. And I just think if you lose that extra year of, of postseason control and you wait till next year to trade Shane, you've cut his value in half, if not more. They're going to trade him. I agree with you. You, you got to trade him now. And by the uh, way, McNuggets, I'm yeah. using this same rationale with Donovan Mitchell. I love what you just said, Jason. Stay tuned. All right. Okay. I disagree with you on the Donovan thing, I think, but I want to hear you out. All right. I think it's different. We'll get there. Um, in terms of Bo Naylor, I'm glad he's up. I agree with you that, he, you know, one, one guy alone, even if he plays great, but it was a, it was a spot in the lineup that was a zero. And now you're hoping it's it's now not it's a, a half. <laughs> until proven otherwise, right? There's At least there's a high ceiling now at that position. At least there's hope. There's hope at that position. They still need other bats. They, I, I, you know, I've been through the mile straw thing a million times. Yeah. Like, he's not a major league hitter. I've said it time and time again. I got to give I got to give credit to Naylor. I've never been a big Naylor guy. Uh, he's playing great. Yeah. Oh, he's holding know. down. He's now, listen, he's, I still wouldn't use him against most lefties, but Overall, he's by far their second best player in the lineup. Yeah. Uh, and he's had a tremendous season. He's been very clutch, a lot of big hits. He's never been a guy, like when I did the piece before the season on guys yeah. I would extend right now, I didn't include him. He's never been like a long-term contract guy to me. Yeah. Maybe he's playing himself into that into that conversation. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see if they do another one. I mean, what's his... I don't know if he's got another year before... What's his value? Like, what is his value? He's not a huge power hitter. He's limited with his inability to hit lefties. He's not good defensively. Yeah. But against he's, righties, he's a very good he's hitter. He's a steady, everyday player. Yeah. 
Yeah, but he's a flawed everyday player. A strong player. side platoon guy, I guess. Yeah, I, I, I don't look at him as an everyday player, but playing is, majority of the time. Is a DH an everyday player? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's a guy I, you I, want. But I'm never, like, even if I'm going to play him against lefties, I'm only playing him against shitty lefties. I'm not starting him against any quality lefties at all because he's not going to hit those guys. But against righties, his numbers against righties are high quality. Terrific. Terrific. You know, they're borderline all-star against yeah. righties. So if he can get about he got eight home runs now. If he gets 25, 26. Yeah. My soul, maybe I'm stealing a topic you can yeah. use later, but who's their represent who's their all-star representative? Prob- Zach, Zach I, mean, I said Classe. Zach said you could make a case for Naylor. Or, well, Ramirez. I mean, why would I think I think Classe is gonna be the only one that they get. I mean, I don't know third base numbers off the top of my head. Across the league. Well, yeah, it depends. I, I'm not thinking about the other I guys. Think we had built graphics for that last week. We had to scrap it because something else. Guardians happened. It was you want you wanted to rant about calling Bo Naylor up, and then it worked out. Remember, we had that actually as a topic last week. Yeah. We'll, we'll revisit that later this week. But there is a case to be made for a couple guys to potentially be all stars. I think they're only getting one. They I, certainly will not get multiple. Yeah, I mean, they don't have any clear like none of their. I know Classe leads the league in saves, but he hasn't been great. Compared, comparatively speaking to what he was last year, he has not been right, the same. Right, right. But if you just look at his numbers, yeah. he's an all-star. Comparatively, he's probably the top choice. And then Ramirez and Naylor. Uh, There's no way they're getting three. They're not getting more than one guy. Two. I, I, I'd be one. very surprised. Yeah. Question for you guys real quick on Bo Naylor, though. What is a fair expectation for Guardians fans, for us, for anyone who's been clamoring for Bo to be called up? To have for Bo Naylor now for the rest of the season. A reasonable, like, not crazy. I'd like to see him hit. I think reasonable, I'll say, for the rest of the year, it's about half the season. Okay? Little, I think we're a little more than half. We got a little less than half of the season is gone. Um, I would say hit 250. That's with, right. I was 240 to 250. With 10 homers and 30-something ribbies. I was 240 He did that the rest of the way. I think he, he's got some speed. He can steal a couple bags. He's not going to yeah. lead the league. He's not going to have 30 steals. No. But he can, he, he can take the extra base when it's presented to him in the right situation. Yeah. I would say maybe eight home runs. 240, eight home runs. 225, 12 home runs. 12 to 15. Now, if he had 12, if Bo Naylor had 12 to 15 he might home runs in 90 games. I mean, I mean, <laughs> I mean you got to think about I it. I mean, they have one player on pace for 20 homers. Yeah. One. Even Naylor's not on pace for 20 homers. Yeah. I wouldn't care if he struck out They have two either. players on pace, I think, for 70 ribbies, which is just hideous. I don't know if you – I texted this to you guys, but I don't know if you saw this. Through, the Guardians have played, what, 71 games, I think, 72? Whatever amount of games they've played to this point. Mm-hmm. Um, in 2001, through the same amount of games, Barry Bonds had eight less homers than the Guardians roster this year. He was also taking horse testicles. Well, do we know breakfast. that uh, Josh Naylor's not taking horse testicles? I can look at him and tell you he's not taking horse testicles. All right, testicles. maybe he's taking cow hey, testicles. Hey, bro, listen. <laughs> or big testicles. I'm going to tell you what, man. Yeah. I still don't understand it. That's the greatest That's the greatest feat I've ever seen in my life. Like, yeah. watching a dude not only hit that many home runs, but get intentionally walked. And then the base is loaded. And then that's the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. Hey, you know what that means? We can talk about steroids all we want. We know it factored in, but nobody, every lot of other guys were taking steroids and weren't hitting that many home runs. Still got to hit the ball, right? Willa, what did he finish? What what did he finish with that year? 70, 73, right? 73? 73 or 74. And you know, Bull, just there are times when as a hitter, you just miss a pitch. Like you can hit it hard. You just missed it. He never this dude it. never missed. He, he yeah. walked three times. He stayed up there taking 12 balls. Will the Guardians hit more home runs than Bonds did in 2001? I'm going to say yes. Yes. 
73? Yeah. Yes. It might come down to September. I think, right. like, I think right. they're about 10 home runs behind the Nationals for 29th place. Something like that. Are they 10? Can you look at that, Mike? The, what do you need? The home run team totals. How far are they behind the Nationals for, for 29th place? Oh, it's not good. If you give me two I mean, seconds like behind back that up for Washington. you here. Th- that's the problem, Boo. The, their yeah. room for, in the playoffs, their room for margin is too slim. Yeah, I mean, it's just ultimately <laughs> the smart move. I hate to give up on a season when you have a chance to win the division. And I still think the Guardians are going to win the division because I don't think anybody else is any good. And I think Frank Cohn is a savvy enough manager to if, and if they can make some improvements. But they're not going to make any short-term moves. I got your numbers. You yeah, ready? Yeah, go ahead. The Guardians through 71 games, according to ESPN.com, Major League Baseball statistics, yeah. are dead last in home runs with 46. That's the Washington Nationals in 71 games are second to last, 29th. With 54 home runs. Okay, so they got eight, eight more home runs. Than the Nationals. They got eight behind the, the second worst team in the league. I mean, that, that's crazy. And they are 18 behind the third. How many has Tampa hit? A Braves Tampa the has, now. yeah, oh, Bra- Atlanta, Atlanta has them? nine more than Tampa. Atlanta, in 72 games, has 126. Jesus. So how about this? Jesus. So Jose Ramirez leads the Guardians in home runs, right? You know where he'd rank on the Braves? Probably like seventh. Tied for seventh. Yeah, there you go. He'd be tied for seventh in home runs on the Braves. But you, you just uh, listen. I understand we love pitching and and like it's it's good. No, it's got overboard. I know pitching wins games, but damn it, you can't win no games doing that, man. That's, nah, that's you can't it, be you, this bad like, power wise. Horrible. They got and that's why in the Bieber trade they have to get somebody that can hit home runs. Got to like now. Will they do it? I don't know. Somebody proposed. Somebody texted in our one of our text chains. Uh, trade with the Cardinals yesterday. That was Tyvis. Yeah, that was Tyvis. What was that trade again? I got, I got a. It was Shane Bieber for Tyler O'Neill, a prospect and a reliever. I think I never heard of. It was. I have it right here. It was Libertor. Matthew Libertor, Tyler O'Neill, and Moises Gomez, St. Louis's number twelve prospect. Okay, uh, on paper that sounds. I've always been a big Tyler O'Neill guy. Now he's he's never completely lived up to his potential. However, he's a good defensive player, solid hitter, big-time power, and he can run. Um, Matthew Libertor is a good pitching prospect who's already in the big leagues and doing, a, I think, a decent job. Uh, I don't know about the other kid. I'm not, I don't, I'm not familiar with him. But I, would, I, I said yesterday in the text chain that I would do it, except Tyler O'Neill's not healthy right now. But if I'm playing for the future, the Cardinals make sense. Although I don't know that the, I don't think the Cardinals That's would do I it. Said. They're so bad. That's what I said. The Cardinals yeah. are so far back. Why would they? Why right. would they do that? Right. Now they're in a situation, not quite as bad as the AL Central. The NL Central is not great, but it's not as bad as the AL Central. Yeah, I don't. I don't think. I don't think the Guardians do anything until the deadline. Like you want to let this build. You want to let teams bid against each other right. and let the let the yeah. value grow there. So I don't think. Anything is imminent with Shane, but yeah. I don't think he's here beyond July 31st. Yeah, I mean, you got to hit it. It's hard. You have to find a team that really needs a pitcher, but that has. And there are plenty. Uh, yes, but that has some major league Ready. hitting right. talent. Right. Or you That's, could also, uh, again, the, I keep going back to the Bauer deal. It yeah. became a three-team deal. Yeah. It would not at all shock me if the Bieber trade evolves into something that looks like that, where it's three teams yeah. and you get multiple pieces back. You get guys to help you now and something for later. Yeah, okay. I mean, that that would make some sense. And when I say a, a proven veteran, I don't want a guy who, you know, for this year's team, you're not trading for a Yasiel Puig who's on the last year of his contract. Right, right. But a guy who, even if the guy's only got three years left, yeah. you know. Uh, and that's a huge thing with these guys, obviously, right. is control. But 
you know, I just wonder, and, and we don't have any clear answers on this. Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't know the answers to this, but what's the timeline here in terms of Dolan's and Blitzer's, David Blitzer? And, right. and we've seen two $100 million contracts given out right. in consecutive off seasons. Never thought I'd see that. Yes. So, but yet the overall payroll is not going up. But 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 I, I think, like, we're seeing future money yeah. that I think is not going to be the Dolan's problem. You right. know what I mean? So it's an indicator that you think the payroll in whenever Blitzer takes over will go yes, up. A good it's one. an indicator that they're spending money that they don't have to worry about because, and maybe I'm totally wrong on that. Maybe seven years from now, well, I hope you're right. Maybe seven years from now, it still looks exactly as it does today. Yeah. I don't think that's the case. I think I don't have the exact timeline, but by just look at the contracts and the indications. I think that they're spending future money that the Dolans aren't going to have to pay. Right. That and Blitzer it, obviously gave an okay to. Yeah. And so I, I just think. wonder yeah. how that impacts all of this. But, but again, they target controllers, controllers, controllers. Right. How long do we control these guys? Yeah. Go ahead, Mike. Well, no. Did you have one last point? I was ready to get no, a read okay. in that I was finally ready yeah. to get. You caught me off guard for maybe the first Sorry. time in. A year and three months, I've been completely caught off guard. I looked at my, toes. I looked at my ad sheet, and all these are old and not still current ads. And mm. I was like, "Crap!" I don't know. By the way, Mikey McNuggets is coming down to the Little League game tonight. Uh, no, no help from those two slackers, Earl and Anthony, with you tonight. You're doing it all by yourself. And uh, it, you know, we're gonna be vi- you know videotaping. Hopefully, we get a big win tonight. The camera works. So that's a big upgrade over last year's adventure. We that's have a right. wireless We're mic. We're in a different so dugout than last year. We're in the opposite dugout. That's fine. Oh. We'll, we'll be okay. But I'm expecting uh, a, a big win from the Little League Raptors, the Rocky River Raptors. No, we're not the Raptors. That was the basketball team. Come you on. guys are all the Raptors. Rocky River We're Raptors. Swinging door. swinging door, man. Let's go. Swinging door. Well, I'm expecting a big win. The camera will be out there. Yeah. And if you want to come, come check out some great Little League baseball at Rocky River Field. We got tonight. a concession stand with burgers and dogs. Bull says the hot dogs and the hamburgers are phenomenal. If you can't make it out to the Rocky River Swinging Door Little League game tonight, you can check out a USFL playoff game this weekend. Right. Our guy Boogie, in a win-or-die situation, made it, except Boogie hurt his knee. He's getting an MRI right now, so he is not in on the show, but you can see Boogie. Mm. Hopefully he will be back and healthy taking on whoever they're playing in the playoffs. I honestly have no idea. Do we know no if he's going to be able to play yet? Or no? We wait he's for getting MRI now, like as we speak now. So. Well, that would be disappointing if he couldn't play, obviously. It he's going to be. be bummed, so hopefully he'll be but all right. But the games are in Canton. You should go check them out. You get all your tickets, information, and needs at USFL.com. So, so how many teams make the playoffs? I think four. So do we know who they're playing? That's a no. Okay. No. We'll figure it out by tomorrow's show. <laughs> Boogie's usually my answer. Like, Boogie comes in. Yeah, right. Boogie, who are you playing answer. this week? All right. so I'll be, safe. listen. There you go. We, we had a blast when we all went down. We had fun. Boy, you came. Yeah. Uh, I have followed the XFL outside of Boogie, uh, the, the USFL outside of Boogie, extremely minimally. Yeah. Like, extremely, extremely. By the way, speaking of that stadium in Canton, um, Excellent soft pretzels there. Got to give them uh, major kudos. Hey, man. You know, soft pretzels is the staple. You know, I, I you know, when I go to uh, when I go to the movie theater, I just eat dinner there because you can't just have nachos and you can't just have a pretzel. You could buy a steak for what it costs you for pizza yeah. and M&M's at the movie oh, theater. Listen, oh, listen. It, oh, it, it it's $60. You buy pizza now, at a movie I, theater? I mean, popcorn. 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 It's $60. Oh, they get, listen, you trying to go out like you doing something? 
Because you know that you know they're gonna upsell you on the drink. The drink yeah. is like five five ninety five to start with. Yeah, eight ninety five, eight ninety five for this thirty two ounce. <laughs> I, it's you so get funny. One free refill. Line. I leave the concession stand up, and they're like, it's uh, forty seven twenty. I'm like forty seven dollars for snacks. Crazy. So we always. Do you guys not smuggle? We always smuggle. Nah, we go to the grocery to. store. We go to the grocery store and load up my wife's purse. I, no, Jason, you're everything. loaded. You're making big money. <laughs> what is going on here? You guys smuggling food? I, I am not loaded, and I ain't spending it at the movie theater. <laughs> no, I, no, I will. Bring I bring my candy in there. The candy that's from the gas station. Does what? anybody here get hot dogs at a movie theater? Oh God, no, it's disgusting. No. It's vile. Hot dogs are inappropriate. They they they, they look like they boiled and uh, boil hot dogs. Pizza in the hot, pizza in the movie is I meant, I meant popcorn. Popcorn and popcorn and milk duds. And oh my gosh. I get I get popcorn. My son gets nachos and bunch of crunch. I just realized when I was growing up, I was eating a bunch of garbage. Like I was like back what, in the, now you're not eating a bunch of I garbage? mean who boils hot dogs and has that little film? It looked like that little film of like dirty tub water at the top. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, why is this boiled out? And then you'd be like, it's and then you'd be like, these ain't even all beef. This is chicken neck, turkey and hooves. I'm, this is bad, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Nasty. And, and then true. we never had hot dog buns. I'm like, man, I yeah. see no hot dog, but it was regular white bread. Oh, really? Yeah. At the movie theater. They put a hot dog. No, white at bread? my house. We went go oh, to the movie house. theater. Oh, we couldn't go to the movies. They'd be like, shut up. Don't ask. Yeah, you know, no food like or we would go on field trips. See, this is why I'm like so when you went to the game, right? Yeah, you bought them snacks back in the day. People coaches and people you went to the game with. Yeah, that was BYO on B. Yeah. Bring your own snack money. Right. So that was nice of you. Now yeah. I would go and they'd be like, I just stopped going. I said, listen, if you're not going to send me with a 20. I'm not going to the field trip. Yeah, I'm right. tired of looking around. Being yeah, part everybody else is eating. Everybody else is eating. I'm going to stay at the crib. All right, Mikey, what do you got for us? So shout out to the chat. We found out Pittsburgh is playing the Michigan Panthers, the team we saw them play play. and then beat, which means you can expect a low-scoring affair because both those offenses were abysmal. So bet the under. Both those quarterbacks were And uh, hopefully Boogie will eat again and have a couple more Security was no joke on the field because I took the boys down the field so they could run the 40, and Boogie was over there signing autographs. And he was literally like 30 feet away. Yeah. And I tried round in the corner of the end zone, and they're like, nope. Go that way. It's like, seriously? Like that. And then we Jason know- went, do you know who I am? No, I would never. You would pull that card before. <laughs> I would never. Oh, you it. 100% would pull that card. I have card. never done that in my life. You would. would. You do not well know me as well as you think. I would never do that. Oh, I never. think you would. I'd want to secretly, <laughs> but I would never actually do it. I would actually never do that. You think I would do that? Yes, I think 100 oh, very insulting, All right, let's Jason. take a poll. Who thinks, who thinks Bull yeah, would I do think, that? I think Bull would. I'm not going to lie. I can't believe you guys. <laughs> think I would do that. I would never do that. I I've think, never I done that. Who, who, but don't you know who I am? We'll put that in the YouTube chat. We'll get the answer later. Let's talk about our next topic here. No, was, we're talking about the fact you've all insulted me <laughs> by saying that I would do that. What am I? Who was that idiot woman reporter who did that and got busted at the garage? Remember? Oh, remember? She talked to the woman who was behind the counter taking money at a garage. She's like, you're oh, nothing. She ruined Britt McHenry. Britt McHenry. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. She, I'm not. I'm, the people that do that are awful well, human there, beings. There are degrees to do you know who I am. I would am. never do there that. There are degrees to it. Now, I, what I, I mean, you did berate a little league umpire. I, first of all, <laughs> first of all, 
I didn't berate him. I got angry, and then I apologized. You did. Because I lost my cool. I went up to him after the game. And in fact, his parent, his mom, sent me an email thanking me for apologizing, because I'm sure other people have yelled at him yes. and never apologized. I lost my cool. I didn't like it. I told my team I handled it appropriately, and I, I was uh, embarrassed by that. Uh, and I certainly lose my temper, but I would never say, do you know who I am? I might think it, <laughs> but I would never actually say it. Go ahead, Mike. All right, so our next topic yeah. leads us into our big topic of the day, which is the Cleveland trade value rankings. But to get there, let's start with a proposed trade that was thrown out on a podcast over the weekend in jest. Zach Lowe, ESPN's NBA Why would he Insider. throw out a trade in jest? They were just talking. It was him, Jonathan Gavoni, yeah. and Bobby Marks just talking about trades, hypothetical trades I think would spice up the league if they wanted to have some fun. Like They weren't saying these are talked about. These are just – these would be fun trades. By the way, nothing spicy about this trade at all. I don't know, how is this trade very spicy? It's, it's not really spicy. I, I tend to agree with you on that side. But they're just throwing out a couple potential options. And one of them that popped up that then, as it does in the Twitter sphere, it says it, then it gets aggregated as they're reporting it. And if you go back and listen, they were just talking about hypothetical options. They proposed this. How about Chris Stapp's Porzingis to the Cleveland Cavaliers in exchange for Jared Allen Dean Wade, Jetty Osmond, and a couple of second-round picks. See, here's the thing. Before we get into the fact, obviously, this Jason's going to lose his mind about why this trade would never happen, and that's fine. Before we get to it, here's what happened. Because this Wizards-Suns trade, the Wizards got completely destroyed in this deal. Not that um, Bradley Beal is that great, but they got nothing for him. Yep. Because that happened, now every Tom, Dick, and Harry thinks, well, my team can make a trade right. where we get nothing. The, odd, the thing with Bradley Beal, which made it weird, is he, and you would know better than I, Jason, I believe is one of the very few players that had a trade, a no-trade clause. Yeah. Those things are, like, that's big in baseball. It doesn't really happen in the NBA that much. Why they gave it to him, I have no idea. So he basically said to him, here's where I'm going. You can get, you know, so they had no leverage whatsoever in a trade. And it's a mammoth contract. A mammoth right. contract. Right, he's overpaid. Yeah. He's good, but not great. So here's this hulking boulder, yeah. and you don't even get to decide where you drop it. Right, right So right. That, that was... Yeah, so there's no comparison, no. really, to other situations. No, Porzingis, they could actually get assets for. Right. And they would have... Zach, I, I love Zach. Like, I have a ton of respect for Zach. Yeah. I think he's terrific at what he does. He knows better than to throw that out there. That's never going to happen, because why would the Wizards want Jared Allen and and... I was going to say trash, but I'm trying to be nice to the people involved. Yeah. But why would the Wizards want any part of that deal? You could get, you could actually get a number one for Brzingis right now today. Yeah. That is far better than anything else on that list. They don't want Jared Allen at $20 million a year. Jared Allen, I know everyone's down on him now. I know. I get it. And ultimately, I don't know that you can play two non-shooting bigs together. We've had that conversation a hundred times. But I, I think that there is value to Jared Allen, just not to the Wizards. So there's no way that that ever gets done, and I don't know why they bother to throw that out there. That's that's a waste of time. Man, every every single day, I wake up. Somebody got a problem with my trade? No, I'm just playing. Um, yeah, the Cavs are screwed. They're screwed um, because we. The reason we overvalue Jared Allen is because we know he's not that good, and we can't get anything for him. So instead of just being like we're stuck with a contract that's bad from a guy who can't space the floor, yeah. we'll hope all of a sudden he gets but some sort of game. We can't do anything. There is a lot of value. trade him, right? Like, there, there is value to Jared Allen. There yeah. really is. Just not to get the guys that everybody wants to get. You well, got to be realistic about who you can get. Right. I mean, the, the cat. listen, 
the Cavs don't have any trade assets, guys. Like they, they <laughs> that, have, they pushed everything. They opened the cupboard door and they threw everything at Utah. Right. There is nothing left. They cannot trade a first round pick until the year of our Lord, 2031. That's crazy. like, well, they can do those swaps. Like they like can't that. even do that. They gave Utah the swaps. That is crazy. They have the, for those other years, they gave Utah. Yes, the swaps. they gave Utah swaps in 26. Utah controls the Cavs drafts and this, from what is it, 25 okay. through 30 to All right. 29. So, yes. Jay, here's here to me is the more important question that you guys need to answer, and I will answer as well. Should the Cavs at this point? You said we keep asking, can you win with two big guys that can't shoot from you know from distance? No, it feels like you can't win that way in this NBA. So it seems to me that they really have to trade Jared Allen to develop some sort of new mix. So at this point, if you're the Cavs, does it make sense to shop him, see what the best offer you can get is, and do it? Yes. What you need is what you can't get for Jared Allen. Yeah. You need playmaking wings. You need right. guys who can three and D guys shoot guys who can handle the ball. But you a little can bit. get somebody, maybe not as good as you'd like. I mean But but you but what Jarrett provides you defensively, there's value there. And you can't just throw the baby out with the bathroom. No, oh, I'm not oh, saying no, no, give him no, away for nothing. No, no, no. I'm saying get the best you can. Is the best you can get worth trading him? I don't I, I don't I don't know. I don't I'm not in on those conversations. But yeah. here's here's like the little cheat code that fixes the two non shooting bigs. If Evan Mobley learns to friggin' shoot, that makes this look a whole lot easier. Now, is it realistic to think that, I mean, he regressed as a three-point shooter this year. Mm-hmm. Is it realistic to think that he's going to jump to 35% next year? Probably not. But if, 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 if Evan develops on the perimeter a little bit more the way that they thought that he would and the way that I still think he can, it doesn't always come on our timeline, right? Sure. Like he's going into year three, and it doesn't always happen the way that we want it to happen to. But if he takes another step, that alleviates a lot of the two non-shooting bigs thing. I think that Jarrett, what he provides defensively, I, I, I know everyone's down on him. Everyone is yelling at him over the next thing. I get it. But I just think that we're overlooking that there, there is still a lot of good that he does. And, and I have said, and I still say, yes, I would entertain the thought of trading him. Yes. I just don't know that the deal is out there that's going to bring you back what you need. The Cavs have done the hard part. Like, I think I put that in the group text. Theoretically, like getting the stars, developing the core pieces, that's really hard to do. They've got that part down. This is supposed to be the easy part in filling out the rest of the roster, right. finding shooting. That's supposed to be a lot easier than finding the Donovan Mitchell piece, right. the Darius Garland piece, yeah. the Evan Mobley. That's what, I don't know the exact number, 22 teams around the league are trying to do that. They've got that part. Yeah. They need everything else. <clears throat> well, here's the problem is while we're doing that and they think that they're going magically, the Evan Mobley, I, I have a problem banking when you're trying to win today, I got a problem asking a 20 year old to be the savior. And I think we've, we've asked Evan Mobley to turn into Kevin Garnett and he has not shown that that's even in his game plan. Like Chris Bosch, like he's not even a better shooter than Bosch at this point. Could he get there? Sure. He could be a little Marcus Aldridge and develops five, six years away from now. But the reality of it is once you made the trade for Donovan Mitchell, now you in the game. You here, front row and center. That's why they tell people no snitching. You know what you you know what happens if you snitch, right? You here for a reason. You know what comes with the game when you do bad things. Take your responsibility. The Cavs are here today. They made the trade as a bunch of swaps, so they don't have assets. So you have to look at it and say, oh, what is my best trade chip to get better? Well, there's two ways you can look at it. 
One is Jared Allen. One is Donovan Mitchell. And if you trade Donovan Mitchell this year to get the most from him, you just admitted that you made a grave mistake because that means you traded your whole future for one year in which you lost yeah, in the first round. And don't you? So you can't trade him. No. So trade Donovan Mitchell. So, but other teams like the Miami Heat, who are now interested in Damian Lillard. They look at you like, oh, I smell blood in the water because every team in the East is looking to get better because it's a crapshoot. It's up in the air. The Celtics are looking at Porzingis. The Celtics wouldn't mind getting Kyle Kuzma. All these other teams feel, feel like their window is open too, and the Cavs can't sit there and just put their head in the sands and say, well, Jared Allen Let's provides back. Look, Jared Allen provides defense. No, Jared Allen provides defense in the regular season. We've seen what his defensive prowess was in playoff time. It was zero. Well, it was zero, but it was also one. It was, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not, I don't It's love, a small sample size. Yeah. I it mean, was zero. He's, he's right. He's zero. Right. It, it was but it a was negative. a small sample an, size. And he's, and he's been to the playoffs before. Yeah, he yeah, played yeah. in Brooklyn. Yeah. I was confused. But a couple things. Number one, they're not asking Mobley to save him. That's Donovan and Darius's job. They're asking Mobley to stretch the floor. It's a big difference. You don't have to carry the entire franchise. And number two, the whole idea, like, I know, like, we've talked about it in the past about Damian Lillard. Should the Cavs go after Damian Lillard trade? Der- like, should Denver, what, what year is Jokic in? What do we say, eight? He's in year eight? This is the eighth year, what's yes. Mu- what's Murray, year seven? I think six. Maybe, no, it's, it's nine and seven. That's what it is, nine and seven. Jokic is two years older than Murray. Okay, so should Denver have traded Jamal Murray for Russell Westbrook after his second or third year? Like, you know. You're shortcutting. You're 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 already up against it now with Donovan and the amount of time that you have against. We've we've covered that. If you were to do something rash and go get another veteran who's not going to be here for long, you had a window that was quite long and slammed it shut. And it, that just doesn't make sense to me because, again, we want these things right now, and I get it. As fans, you want it right now. But it took Denver seven and nine years with their two best players for it to figure it all out, and the Cavs. The Donovan thing is a separate conversation. Yeah. You don't have that long with Donovan. Right. But you do have Darius and Evan that long. And so I just don't think that you start rushing to make knee-jerk emotional trades now that's going to cut off what you could have. It may not happen in year three. I get what you're saying. But there's year four, year five, year six. But I, that's not well. enough. I, don't, I just don't believe, I don't believe Darius and, and Mobley are enough. That, what I was going to ask is, like, that, that's a big – that's almost saying, well – we think Darius and and Mobley are going to be Murray and no, Porzingis. No, no, but, but, uh, not Porzingis. But Jokic. in year four and year two of Jokic and Murray, did you ever think they would win a championship together? Probably not. Probably no. not. And that's what I'm saying. You just don't know where it's going. But Darius is really friggin' good. And Evan, it, Evan and, is and, but unbelievably and talented And that's why, now. to me, the answer is getting the most you can get for out. Al- well, who's the best guy? Mike, Jason, whatever. Who do you think is the best wing shooter that you could realistically get for Jared Allen? Tim Hardaway Jr. Yeah, it's not an elite guy because it's – we talked about it before on the show. Yeah. When you have – it's like a quarterback in the NFL. Right. It's like starting pitching in baseball. When you have it, you don't get rid of it. But if when Tim, we do the if trade Tim value Hard- would you trade Jared Allen for Tim Hardaway Jr.? No, I don't think I would, no. When we do the trade value thing in a sec, positional value matters, and a non-shooting big in today's NBA does not have the equivalent value of a player of Allen's skill set to a much less 
skilled wing, but because they play different positions and shooting in three and D guys are so much more valuable, you'd be downgrading so, the overall so, talent level. On hold your team. So, so hold on. Let me get this right. So Kobe Altman gave a big contract to a non-shooting big who is now here. He can't get rid of. He mm -hmm. then made multiple pick swaps with Utah and gave yeah. away all our picks forever. He knew Donovan Mitchell probably wasn't going to sign a, a, a she offer sheet an extension here. And now you don't have any cap space or draft picks to do anything. And you are as is. I mean, if How is that? we were we were all I but know, we I all loved in favor it. of all those moves, and, but we loved it. Yeah, and, and their top four is pretty freaking good. Yeah, against a lot of other and, teams and and for all and they're still going to get better. Like and you're right. And for all the complaining you and I are doing. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. They might run it back with the same team and have some success in the playoffs next Absolutely. year. Absolutely. Just because they didn't this year doesn't like, mean. Didn't we have a fence year. rider question last week? I wasn't here about like, could they contend for a top two spot? Yeah, you right. and me were the yeah. only ones who I said, said yes. yeah. I mean, contend and earn are two different words. And I, right. And I wouldn't break up the, I, I just feel like, and, and, and yes, it's to some degree, it's definitely prisoner of the moment, but it feels like Jared Allen is an out of place player in this when they generation when, of basketball when they signed him to the deal I had conversations with people in yeah. there in the in the organization going you could scheme him off the floor in a playoff series is that really worth 20 million yeah and I've kind of flip-flopped multiple times on that where I thought oh they overpaid and then watching him thought no he can play he can stay on the floor and then watching how the Knicks guarded him yeah. but again it's not necessarily the Jared Allen problem it's the Mobley piece Mobley has to shoot better and if Mobley, I think they expected Mobley to take a step last year in his shooting that didn't come. Now, I'm still incredibly high on Evan Mobley, but he did not shoot the ball as well as they hoped that he would. Again, right. if Mobley is a stretch four, which he's not yet, but had he evolved into more of that player, if he took that step, it's a lot easier to play Jared Allen. That's right. And it, you know what? In the end, as bad as Jared Allen was in the playoffs, the number one reason they lost in the playoffs is because Donovan Mitchell didn't play like a superstar. He's terrible. That was the was number terrible. one reason. Yeah. So, if for all the flaws, and they're all fair, if Donovan Mitchell had played like a superstar, maybe the Cavs win that series and we're thinking differently. Hey, look, I tell them like this. Yeah. I, same thing I told the Browns. Hey, look, if you want to just run it back, um, and that's just what you want to do, understand that if you don't perform next year, all bets are off. The whole thing, you're, yeah, that's you're, right. you're next to that's a, right. a small teardown. Like, if you want to say we're not going to do much and you didn't do any anything and you saw other people around the league doing stuff and, and they're getting better, they're going out and getting guys, and you don't do well next year, understand that that means your coach is probably looking at looking at an unemployment line. Yeah. Oh, JB will get fired. And, they, Donovan, and Donovan Mitchell will trade. And, and, or, or Donovan Mitchell, Mitchell will request a trade. Yeah. If they run it back, basically, with some different parts and pieces on the end, and losing the first round again, yeah, it's a total disaster. They have to they have to develop the margins now. They have to find shooting. Yeah, on the margins, shooting, shooting. I've said do it they a have, million times. Do they have any? Uh, uh, they don't have much cap room though. 
No, I mean, they've got the mid-level exception. They can spend about $12.5 million. 12 12 and a half, I okay. think, is the number. 10 or 12 something like that, which doesn't go as far anymore as it used to, right? quite and, honestly. But they do have – they can add a serviceable piece, a rotational piece with that, 100%. But they also need they – need, they either need Dean Wade to pull himself together and get over whatever happened. But, again, yeah. you're not asking Dean Wade to carry you. No, I know. You're asking yeah. Dean Wade to make three threes a night and grab a few rebounds. Uh, you're That's asking him to be asking. a rotational player. Yeah, you're okay. just asking him to make a couple of threes and grab yeah. a couple of rebounds. That's it. Yeah. It's not a it's not a high bar. No, that that's not for. I, the indictment. And this is to me. This is a little bit of indictment. Well, when we talk about the Nuggets, guess what the Nuggets that they develop bench players. When you talk about the heat, the heat came out there with Jimmy Butler and bam and a bunch of heat, a bunch of undrafted guys. Listen, if you want to be played a small ball game and the Cavs don't want to go over the cap and we don't want to get rid of our before. Well, is it not reasonable to say Develop me somebody. Yeah. Get me somebody. I mean, that's on Where, where's your G, G League guys? Where's the guy that was and, a diamond in the rough? Where's those they guys? They haven't at? done that. Well, they have. I can't believe how much time I've spent defending the Cavs today. My I'm looking for him. But Jason would become a Cavs apologist in his old age. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, now now they need to develop shooting. Yeah. The guys that they have haven't really shot it necessarily. Although Dean Wade should be one of those guys. Like Dean Wade is an undrafted guy that they developed. They gave him a $25 million contract. Like, that's one of those guys that fits exactly what you're talking about. He just lost his mind when Kevin left, and it, it just completely unraveled. So, by but, the way, so for all the criticism we leveled at the Cavs, myself included, for cutting Kevin Love, not when it happened, but later, yeah. you know, he was a non-factor for Miami, I think. He played. The Cavs he, wouldn't have won the city. He Knicks played in the Kevin NBA Love. Finals and started. Yeah, he wasn't saving them from the Knicks. But right, right. He, was, played. But he played a role. He filled a need. Sure. He filled a need that the Cavs had, rebounding and three-point shooting. But they still but, probably but, lose that Knicks series. Oh, he's not yeah. the player that he was. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, like Lamar Stevens yeah. is a guy that they have developed. They picked up off the scrap heap. They developed him. Dean Wade's another one. Now, again, you need shooting. You've got to have shooting. They've right. got to develop shooting and find shooters. But they have actually done – they've done a better job, I think, under this regime than they did Yeah, but those guys previously. are not guys they're comfortable they, using they, they, they didn't use them, you but, know. Yes, but again, like the Cavs got here way faster than I thought they could. Okay, like, that's fair. They sped up their own timetable. So – But now that's like, got to happen. Like the, like the guys that Miami used, yeah. they weren't guys that were minimum guys – undrafted rookie guys like they've been they've been in the system for a couple of years so that's develop. fair that's so it fair. takes a little bit of time to do this stuff yeah but I, I'm just saying like if you go back this was one of the criticisms I had of like the the first rebuild who uh, aside from Delhi who did they find and develop and turn into something a useful piece off a of scrap heap or on the margins really nobody this team got off to a terrible start this version those first couple post LeBron years this yeah. time were awful but They've done a nice job of finding the Lamar Stevens, the Dean Wades, the throwaway guys, and developing them into useful rotational pieces. Now, they didn't yeah. help you in the playoffs right. because you've got to have shooting in the playoffs. You have got to be able to yeah. shoot, and, they and that's the next that. step. They've, they got to find, yeah. they've got to find shooters. All right, let's leave it there. Go ahead, Mike. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. 
If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.